I want to get enlightened for Christmas. Only enlightenment will do. I don't want samadhi or another fucking body. I want to be the enlightened one at fancy Christmas parties. I want to get enlightenment for Christmas. I want to embody all that's true. Don't want to use keys or doors like you. Just walk through the wall cause that's the easy thing to do. I can What do you mean? I mean, literally, every sentient being achieved enlightenment eons ago. They were just acting like they didn't because they didn't want to hurt your feelings. I want to get enlightened for Christmas. Only enlightenment will do. I don't want samadhi or another fucking body. I want to be the enlightened one at fancy Christmas parties. Hey pals, it's me, Duncan, and this is the Duncan Trussell Family Hour Podcast. That track, of course, is the all-time favorite Christmas carol, Garen Fullwright's I Want to Get Enlightenment for Christmas. I'm playing it because today we have one of my favorite guests on the show, one of my favorite people, David Nickturn, who is my meditation teacher. And I thought, why not get down to it and have a conversation about enlightenment itself? What is it? What a mysterious thing it is. It seems like the famous spiritual teachers are very enigmatic when it comes to the question. Take Sadhguru, for example. How does anybody here know I'm enlightened or not? I never made a statement on that. So how do they know? They're just assuming. <laughs> yes? How about Eckhart Tolle? It can never… you can never reach it because it's, a, it's an abstract concept of who I want to be, not realizing you are it already. Hey, welcome to my restaurant. We don't serve food because you're already full. Here's your bill. What is enlightenment? Again, it's one of those words that have come from India to be enlightened, to be enlightened about what? I want, please let's be rational, not irrational. What, when I was say enlightened, I'm enlightened about what? I don't know, Krishnamurti. Well, we're going to find out today in a dialogue with David Nickturn about the concept of enlightenment. We're going to jump right into it, but first this. I want to thank ZipRecruiter for sponsoring this episode of the DTFH. Friends, there's some things in life that I just like to pick out for myself. The type of psychedelics I'm taking, which feet I want to suck on. I do this so that I know that I've got the one that's best for me. What if you could do the same thing for hiring? Choose your ideal candidate 
before they even apply. That's where ZipRecruiter's Invite to Apply comes in. It gives you, as the hiring manager, the power to pick your favorites from top candidates. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Duncan. How does Invite to Apply work? Well, when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, they send you the most qualified people for your job. Then you can easily review the candidates and invite your top choices to apply for your job. Lauren Webb, the Senior Vice President of Talent Acquisition for Mandula Health, raves about ZipRecruiter's invite to apply. She says, I love that feature because we have a much higher follow-through rate if I invite candidates. It's easy for me and it's easy for them. In fact, according to ZipRecruiter's internal data, jobs where employers use ZipRecruiter's invite to apply get on average two and a half times more candidates, which helps make for a faster hiring process. See for yourself. Just go to this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash Duncan. That's D-U-N-C-A-N to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ziprecruiter.com slash Duncan. It's the smartest way to hire. If you like the DTFH, subscribe to us over at patreon.com forward slash DTFH. You'll get commercial free episodes along with lots of extra content. Sign up for the video tier and you can join us at least twice a week for our family gathering along with our uh, meditation group, Journey into Boredom. Patreon.com forward slash DTFH. All right, beautiful friends, let's dive in to this exploration of the concept of enlightenment with one of my dear friends, my meditation teacher, author of Awakening from the Daydream, along with Creativity, Spirituality, and Making a Buck. These are two incredible books. And of course, he offers classes. If you're interested, you could drop into one of his free sessions. It's happening Wednesday, August 25th. And you can go to dharmamoon.com forward slash info dash session to sign up for that. The links are going to be at duckatrussell.com too. Now, everybody, please welcome back to the DTFH. You know him from the Midnight Gospel where he played himself, but he's here now also playing himself. David Nickturn. Hello, David. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for coming on again. Duncan, I feel like I never left. (laughs) That's cool. It is cool. So today I thought we could just talk about something that a lot of people talk about, but I don't think I know I I it's the the what I discovered as I got ready for this conversation, and I just started researching just basic enlightenment <laughs> or the concept of enlightenment is I had never, I knew nothing, I'd never really done that. Like mm. I hadn't really looked up, like where, where did the word come from? Mm. What's the, you know, origin of the concept itself? And I found a lot of really interesting things, mainly enlightenment. It's a fairly recent word that 
is a translation of a lot of, of a few different words. And so I thought maybe we could start there with the concept of nirvana, which I saw means extinguishment or literally blowing out a candle. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could start with that. Yeah. So, it, 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 of course, since we spoke a couple of days ago, I thought, well, let's tune into this idea, this concept. And um, I think, as you said, a lot of people have said a lot of different things about it. So, yes. you remember, remember the movie, movie, the Japanese movie Rashomon? No. Oh, you have to see that, Duncan. Because there's a murder that happens in the forest. And then the, the different witnesses appear before the magistrate. And each one of them tells their story, what they perceived happened and who committed the murder. And then they, cool. never res- they don't resolve it, which is what's Japanese and cool about it. <laughs> you don't that's get the, so cool. there's no fourth act. <laughs> that, that's it. So when you say something's like a Rashomon, it means there's different perspectives on something. Colloquially, yes. you know. So I think enlightenment would have to fall into that category that different people are speaking about it from different angles. Um, but, you know, as you know, I'm speaking about it from a Buddhist perspective. So I, I, wouldn't, yes. I wouldn't presume to talk about how, um, how it might manifest in terms of the uh, European culture version of it, the Christian version of it. Um, you know, other people would be much more knowledgeable about those things. Okay. <clears throat> So here's, here's a framework, and you know, we always talk, we set up frameworks to, to have a kind of uh, piercing conversation, you know, yeah. penetrate somewhere. Uh, so uh, sudden and gradual. Sometimes we talk about sudden <laughs> enlightenment and gradual enlightenment. <laughs> okay, that's cool. And, you know, you could say within Buddhism, that debate has been going on for mm, thousands of years. And some people advocate, uh, you know, the notion of sudden enlightenment. There's some kind of penetration into a state that is like, you know, happens in a moment. Yes. Uh, And then there's like a real transformation involved with that. And then there's a notion of gradually building the causes and conditions for what you called nirvana there, you know, for cessation. Uh, Now... Uh, they have had debates over the centuries. This is a famous debate between the sudden and gradual. And okay. so if I could, I'll tell you just one little story. Please. <laughs> Which was um, Kalu Rinpoche, who is a very famous uh, Tibetan Lama. And actually, there's a young Kalu Rinpoche now who's quite formidable appearing. Uh, but his predecessor, you know, uh, was an extraordinary practitioner. And he had a debate with a Chinese Zen master. This is kind of kind of famous story <laughs> and it was sort of the the tibetans were representing the sort of progressive or stages of enlightenment uh, approach and the zen master is representing the sudden enlightenment approach so the chinese zen master takes an orange in his hand <laughs> and he holds it up you know he has the uh, his person take it over to kalarimpache and put it in his face and say hey what's this and Kalarimpache just looks puzzled for a minute, you know, thinking about it. He goes, and he says through the translator, what's the matter with this guy? Hasn't he ever seen an orange before? <laughs> <laughs> That's 
so so funny and so deep and so yeah. so, <laughs> so, so cool. Historically, I think the gradual people often often won the debate. But here's the kicker on it. I would say the school I come from, you know, which is the um, Kagyu and Nyingma school of Tibetan Buddhism. Yeah. We talk about both kind of simultaneously, which is interesting, or interwoven experiences. So there's always the possibility of like recognizing cessation. All you have to do is stop thinking for one second, mm. <laughs> cut, cut through for one second. They're, they're, everything stops. Yeah. Right? You can have that experience. Yeah. Anybody in the audience can have that experience. Like if I just if you just uh, made a noise or something or lightning flash or something there you go but that second yeah. everybody was cessated you know but then the thing is the whole thing comes creeping back in like a bunch of worms towards an apple yeah and and then you need to work with it so that's it, i hope that's a good framework for beginning to talk really about cool yeah. Yeah, very cool it, it, it's so from the story of course just the surface level is very funny and it's a really wonderful jab at someone trying to be so clever mm. then in the the um but then also if you start breaking it apart which is the cool thing about you know these people is like both sides it's like incredibly deep but it's so simple and both sides had to be like it's the, it is the conflict between the two that produced a parable a, a brilliant parable like both you needed both takes for that to even happen yep. but then so, but, you know, the, uh, the underlying thing is it's already, the, it's already here. Like, yes, it, that's the sudden part. It's, it's already, in fact, it's like, it's faster than sudden. I mean, like, you know, something is here. There's no sudden. It's, I mean, you can't get more sudden than <laughs> something that's already like, it's, a, it's like the speed of light or something. You yeah. Can't, warp, warp you drives. Can't, warp drive. You yeah. can't get faster than already here. And so, uh, but then on the other side of it, there is this like acknowledgement. Some people don't know what a fucking orange is, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and so it's the most, and also the other part of it, if you, if you keep picking apart, which I really like, is like, what's on one level, what's more boring than an orange? You know, it's like, mm. there's piles of them at the grocery store there, you know, it's like, I've got oranges down downstairs or everywhere, but the, but also on another level, what's more amazing than an orange? Like, how did this even possibly happen at all? So you know, it's so cool on all these different levels. He's teaching yeah. this about using the orange as like enlightenment as the right. That's the idea. Well, and you you could say basically fundamentally from a Buddhist. Again, I'm speaking mainly from a Buddhist perspective, but. You know, everybody's living in the same world, so it's not like we're describing different universes per, per, per se. But right. <clears throat> you could say enlightenment's a pre-existing condition. A tremendous thank you to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode of DTFH. My loves, I'm in Austin right now, staying at Airbnbs, and I just don't want the people at the Airbnb to know that right now I've been masturbating while watching blowjob porn. I don't know what it is. It seems kind of like vanilla compared to what I'm usually looking at, but the point is I would be mortified if the world knew that right now I've been going on 
porn sites and watching blowjob videos. It would be ruinous to my career as a podcaster. And this is why I use ExpressVPN. Internet service providers know every single website you visit. ISPs can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants and who knows who else. Your brother-in-law can just go into the router and see what porn you like. ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so people can't peep in on your online activity. You just fire up the app and click one button and it works and it's been rated number one by CNET and The Verge. It works on phones, laptops, routers, so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. I love it. There's no extra stuff you have to do with it. It just works, not to mention it makes me feel powerful to be able to say what part of the world I'm in. I don't know why. I just like it. Come on. You're not going down to your favorite glory hole or hog slopping orgy tent and not wearing condoms. Why are you using the internet without a VPN? you got to protect yourself, and ExpressVPN is the way to do it. Secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash Duncan today. That's expressvpn.com slash Duncan, and you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash Duncan. could say enlightenment's a pre-existing condition yes right <laughs> that'd be one way to talk about it Bad as news. you said it, it's, it's a, yeah it's sometimes you, uh, unconditional or primordial are words that are used um now the so i also thought we could use as a framework the three yanas or the three vehicles in buddhism really talk about enlightenment in different ways and so okay yeah, so there's a yeah. s- stages of recognition or realization that are generally acknowledged as part of kind of method um, and um, a, a kind of progressive approach where you're developing something uh, progressive, which would be the, in the progressively, which would be the gradual approach. So there's three yanas, as you know. There's the narrow vehicle. Um, there's the mahayana, yes. which is the bodhisattva vehicle, and then there's the um, the vajrayana or tantric vehicle. And so each one has a slightly different perspective on on um, maybe how to approach the topic that we're talking about. Okay, is this okay? So in the as I was looking it up, it is to, uh, the the Wikipedia entry. Very deep research here. <laughs> <laughs> what does Wicca mean? <laughs> I don't know. That's what? another. That's a. Gr- I'm sure if we look it up, it'll it'll pop up immediately. Wiki. It's a. Th- it's okay. Different podcast. The, <laughs> the okay, so the um, it talks about the extinguishment of these three fires, yes. the three poisons, yes. and and so on. Are these three poisons? Are the three yanas supposed to be no. some? Is there any connection, or just as another? No, three? totally, it's connected, but in this way. Um, poison is a is in, in the word in Sanskrit is klesha, klesha. So it could mean you know. Poison, but it could mean an obstacle or obscuration. It could mean a neurosis, if you you want to use really modern kind of language. And the three are grasping, you know, when you grasp at something and uh, cling to it. Uh, 
attacking or atta uh, aversion, and ignorance. So those three are, as you know, at the center of the wheel of life. That's what makes the thing spin. That's where the torque comes from. You look yes. out at the world and you break it up into three, three slices, like a pizza with three slices. One slice is, I don't want it. Get it out of here. Another slice is, I got to have that. And the third slice is, huh? <laughs> Duh. You know, not even seeing anything. You sound like my kids. My kids are literally the three. Yeah, if you had three, three yeah. ways, <laughs> and if you have three kids, one of them could be each glacier, you know, on any given well, day, on any given day. But I'm like them too. It's like they passionately want something, right? They passionately don't want something, or they're just confused. They're just like yeah. I, I bewildered. Don't, I don't bewildered, know. Bewildered, yeah. But completely confused. Yeah, bewildered. Yeah. So in these, now what you're saying, um. It, it was mentioned that these are the, like, this is what the term weaving comes in. So mm -hmm. these are the three things that weave together the experience of being here, a human, or what most people call, think of as the human experience. This is like, these are the things that glue it all together. And that the extinguishment is that, though that, it's not getting glued together by these three pizza slices anymore. And now what, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and so, because the implication there, and I think this is where all of us on, on the, where we're, we're still eating pizza get really titillated is because that implication of no more pizza. What kind of world is that? What are we, you know, what is that even, is it even, something conceivable is it something that you're still enjoying your pizza your your hell pizza can you even imagine it and i i get the clapping thing and the pause between breath thing but yeah yeah we're talking it's like trying to imagine what it would be like to have a two-hour orgasm or something or you know what i mean like I, what experientially yeah can you describe it This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness that's preventing you from achieving your goals? Like, I don't know, maybe you moved your family to another state for a month so you could get back into stand-up comedy and that state happened to magically turn into the epicenter of the global pandemic you've been dealing with for the last year and a half and you're fighting back feelings of being in some kind of weird Twilight Zone movie where you're being chased by a pandemic. And even though you know that's absolutely ridiculous, you've been having dreams about it and are starting to really get kind of creeped out by what's going on in your subconscious mind. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime, send a message to your therapist, you'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. 
It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp <laughs> wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. They've got great reviews. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Duncan. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. I've got a special offer for my darling listeners. Right now, you're going to get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash Duncan. Thanks, BetterHelp. experientially yeah can you describe it well well so just um uh, continuing to build the frame for one more second here so okay. the, the description there would be sort of most akin to the hiniana perspective because you're looking at those things as oh these are in the way i got to get rid of these things i got to extinguish yes. these fires because every yes. time i go to look at a tree the passion aggression and ignorance get in the way Every time yes. I go to, you know, to call a girl for a date, every time I go to uh, play with my kids, every time I talk to my wife, every time I work, passion, aggression, ignorance are in my face. Yes. And I can't even see what's right in front of me with yes. any clarity or, or, you know, or, or equanimity. So yes. now, so therefore you begin to dismantle those three things. Uh, first, by recognizing them. Second, by making friends with them, which is really advisable that you don't regard them as an enemy, which could come from the idea of extinguishing. You know, you might want to crush them. And third, yes. by, by recognizing their nature, which is they don't really have any substance. And that's, the, right. that's why people got to meditate, Duncan. You got to meditate because yeah. otherwise you go, I get this intellectually, but I haven't, had the, I haven't tasted the soup of non-substantiality of my thoughts. Right. I, I buy into yeah. every everyone every time. I'm 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 on board. I'm, and if I have a passionate thought, I'm running down, you know, I'm running to the <laughs> deli to get ice cream. And if I have an aggressive thought, I'm yelling at the neighbor. You know, there's yes. no gap at all. So practice is right. where that's where it fits in. It cuts the chain of those things le- just going around and around in a loop kind of pattern. So, so by, that's the by gradual. This, yeah, by, yeah, by extinguishing those gradually, seeing the seeing the root of them. Uh, befriending them so you don't you don't lose throw the baby out with the bathwater, and then seeing the un- insubstantiality of them, gradually their grip on you is released. That's the theory of the Hinayana. Oh they, wow! They, that's they, so they, cool. they cease to grip you. That's nirvana. Okay. You're not okay. you're not governed by those things. But okay, so <clears throat> when I look at a maybe this is getting too literal when I look at a candle like a flame it's just a flame it's you know there's I guess you could say it flickers and there's like temporary form to it that's always changing but it's essentially just a flame so do these three poisons are are they real is this just like kind of like a the opposite of a rainbow you know what I mean like you take light you put it through a you look at the spectrum of light, you get all these colors. Is this like a shit rainbow or something? It's like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? But 
Ultimate. <laughs> Good title for something. Shit rainbows, you know. <laughs> Shit rainbow. But but is it is it essentially just the same thing? Like when I'm, you know, like when I'm when I'm sitting or when post meditation, when I'm thinking or, or looking into the precognition experience of suffering. It doesn't really seem much different. In other words, like aversion and desire don't really seem, they seem like they're coming from the same place. Okay, now, so what, and what place is that? Where do they arise from? Well, well, that's where I'm, that's where I'm stuck right now. I mean, that's where I'm stuck right now is because whenever I get to that place, it just seems like a very painful, it's, I mean, if I had to define it, I would say it hurts. It seems to be very hot. It seems to be very piercing, I guess you could say, very like pointed and, 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 and I mean, not to like, and annoying, it's just annoying. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah. it's annoying, you know, it's like a, and also it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem to be so dependent on phenomena as I would like it to be, you know, because if it were dependent on phenomena, then the shifting of phenomena would reduce it. Or, you know, but it doesn't really, as far as, I mean, uh, you know, it does, and also it's not there all the time, but, but at least I'm not aware of it all the time, but it is there a lot. So I don't know, and, but, and then from that comes, shit, if I'm not here, then maybe this will go away. Or fuck, if I go get the ice cream, that, that'll do something, or a nap will take care of this thing, or whatever, you know, but it's. So, so the, glaciers come, the glaciers come roaring back. Yeah, yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Once you get to that, but the, the underlying root system doesn't seem to be very, it's not nuanced. It's just a yeah. splintered feel. Or it's a, you know, it's like when you have a splinter. So let, let's call this chapter the beginner's guide to the experience of emptiness. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, and this is also a little bit of a peekaboo into the Mahayana practice you have a glimpse of some kind of um, non-substantiality of, of those kleshas, that maybe the whole thing is uh, not really solid and fixed the way that it feels. And then you yes. start to feel underneath that there's a kind of uncertainty uh, that is free from any ability to calibrate or categorize. Um, and that's called shunyata or emptiness. Now, how yeah. would the ordinary person experience it? Like, yikes, somebody just pulled the rug out this is this yes. is not not exactly pleasant um and that's i think a big a big misunderstanding is people think oh emptiness is going to be blissful and i'll be happy but there's nobody there there's nobody home so there's a feeling of loss of spaciousness <laughs> but also panic yeah. underlying it fundamental panic and then you dive back into the three clashes to create ground right yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that's right <laughs> This is a roadmap, you know, this roadmap exists. So we're just talking about, you know, a very traditional approach to these things. But that might leave you at a place where now the glaciers reignite and you go, you know what? I don't want to re-solidify these, but they keep coming. So how can I work yes. along with them to make them a, a, a kind of more compassionate universe? Uh, with the, in, the thought mm. in mind, I'm going to have to be dealing with this for a while. So soften your mm. aggression, soften your aggression, uh, you know, lighten up mm. on your grasping, 
Uh, and this is called Mahayana practice. It's very gradual, and you start to work with the interpersonal. It appears interpersonal. It's really your own mind. But you appear to hate your neighbor for whatever. And so maybe think better about your neighbor as a way of reversing that, that okay. traffic flow, you know? Okay, now this is something I was thinking about just yesterday. The antid I've read it about the, the antidotes or something. Yeah. So it's, like a, it's almost like a reversal where, yes. oh, okay, so here's the feeling that makes you an asshole, whatever it is. Like, so here's a feeling, you know, suddenly you're looking at like, oh, I'm completely anxious. And because I'm anxious, this presents the possibility of the opposite of anxiety, which I, I think a lot of people when they're getting contorted by whatever the, the feeling, the clashes may be, they don't even think about the opposite. And that's useful for me, just like, oh, okay, like what it would, what is the opposite of this rotten feeling? I mean, what, how would I, how would I, this is my question. How, is it, is there, is it phony to then, so, okay, so I'm anxious, so now I'm going to try to imagine being calm or act calm or pretend that I'm more peaceful than I am when I'm completely like annoyed or rattled or yeah, sure. worried sure. about something. Yeah, faking it till you make it. No, it's a little bit yeah. more nuanced than that in this way. The, the simplest equation is... Go ahead, sorry. Yeah. Uh, the simplest equation is, for Mahayana practices, exchanging self for others. <laughs> That's the engine. Wow. So yeah. you take on what, they, what, you th what you've attributed to them, you take on, and what you're trying to uh, you know, pawn off onto them, you take on for yourself. Wow. So you got good, you got good feelings, give it to them. You got negative feelings. Make sure that you work them through yourself, rather than projecting them onto somebody else. And and the logic behind this is, it's like, look, if okay, so to go back a, a couple of steps, the spaciousness, the pre-cognitive clasia experience. This is like the gas on the stove, basically, right? It's like that's the gas leak, and the spark is the whatever the particular instantaneous response to that maybe so that's how it lights <laughs> so the logic here is look the reason you're going to exchange yourself for them is because that's just all part of the gas leak right now it looks like it's a flame right now it looks like form or some something but it's not it's no more form than when you see gas lit up it's gas it's like you're looking at so the reason you're, it's not just like you're doing some kind of um, thought experiment here. It's like, it's a reminder, right? It's like, look, I know you think that's not you right now, but that's, you're just seeing the fire. So you might as well acknowledge that by recognizing whatever you're assigning to them is in you. Now, what I mean is it's not like you're doing some kind of like feat where yeah. you're literally, you're taking the darkness in you. It's like, no, the darkness is already there. You wouldn't be seeing it. Is that, is that it? The well, that's, that's part of the nuance of it is recognizing the, you, the, the point of origin of whatever it is you think you're experiencing. Of course it's in you. And a lot of times you do these practices, there's literally nobody else around. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. so, you know that, that's kind of a giveaway. You know, what you experience when you're alone is kind of a giveaway that you're the source and point of origin of what you're experiencing. 
Right. Uh, okay. So there's, you know, this is like, you know, modern psychology and everything, you know, the notion of projection. So you just work with the projection from the point of view of reversing the habitual pattern of it. <clears throat> so it's a further subtle uh, way to let go, you know, of the glaciers, actually, to refine your relationship to the glaciers. Can you give me a basic example of, of what that would, like a basic real world example of what that looks like? Yeah. I, and I just thought of, you know, <clears throat> we always are saying first thought, best thought, right? So yeah. you, you have a, f- a fight with your wife. <laughs> I think those are easy. Those are safe. That's a safe bet. Never had most one. <laughs> I've heard people do that, but that's never happened to me. And you storm out of the house, right? You storm out of the house mm-hmm. and the, the door sort of slams on your foot and you kind of stub your toe. What's your first thought? Fuck. It's fuck. That's you. You mean you. No, when your I first thought, my toe? Yeah, your first thought is that fucking, fucking bitch. That fucking bitch hurt my toe. Is it not? I didn't want to be that honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was exactly the worst thought. What the fuck? Yeah. Look what you did to me. Yeah, that's right. And there you are, just you know. So I'm not saying everything's like that. Sometimes somebody comes up to you and punches you in the face for no reason. You yeah, know, we, we don't have to get crazy you. about this, but a lot of the experience that we have comes about um, because we've conjured up enemies, we've conjured up grasping neediness, and we've conjured up a kind of dull wash. Uh, you know, whitewash of, of, of uh, you know, blank yeah. canvas. And we yeah. work with that by just saying, well, okay, the other people <laughs> who appear in my drama, let's give them some, let's give them some props. Let's give them some love. And yeah. if there's any blame to take, let's, let's take some of it too. Got it. Some, okay. Right? That's Mahayana in, in a nutshell. <laughs> that's so cool. And that's graduate. That is so cool. Now, if, if you don't mind me, just um, I thought if I frame this out, then we could jam for, for a while. But the, Please. the third frame that we talked about is um, the Vajrayana, so, uh, which is Tantra or you know, Buddhist, uh, sometimes called Mantrayana, Vajrayana. And it's cle- it's the, of the three, it cl- most clearly presents the idea that enlightenment's a pre-existing condition. In other words, it's saying Buddha, Buddha nature, it's called the proclamation of Buddha nature. The, 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 the awakened mind is already present. And we don't have to go in anywhere to get it. Nobody can give it to us. Nobody can take, keep us from it. So it's already on board. And it's considered, of all things, you know, kind of permanent in a weird way. Even though we talk about impermanence till we're blue in the yeah. face. That is a kind of con- ongoing situation. Nowness is the portal. And you, if you uh, approach nowness, you go, there never was a problem, actually. So that's the Vajrayana ground perspective. But we have, from beginningless time, occluded that perspective by creating a dualistic world. And it's got considerable construction to it. So it's dismantled in the Vajrayana. And it's dismantled relatively quickly compared to the Mahayana. So they say, and this is just something that people can chew on, that the Mahayana practice will liberate somebody in three eons, three kalpas, and the Vajrayana one lifetime. <laughs> That's just, you know, now, it's, it, in all these yanas, there is method, and there's form, and there's a sense of, you know, 
gradual uh, uh, development. Uh, so that's different than a lot of things. I heard your introduction. I thought, well, nobody's really talking about, uh, you know, how you get there. Uh, you know, I, I mean, right. if you followed, uh, I love Eckhart Tolle, but he, he woke up on a park bench. So is he is his method sit on a park bench? Should I go sit, get depressed and sit on a park bench for two years? <laughs> you know, uh, what's the method? So the Buddha left a really elaborate and kind of well-defined method. Um, and people have followed up on it. Now, you can't eat the map, so people got to do it themselves anyhow, right? Can't eat the map. You can't eat it. Well, okay, I'll tell you, there's a phenomena that happens that's really annoying to me, which is <laughs> people get hit in the head. Have you heard about this? No. And they can play piano. Have you ever heard of this? So, like, some, it's rare, but you can look it up. Somebody gets... A brick hits them in the head, and all of a sudden they're just they can play piano. They're suddenly masters of the piano. I've heard the same phenomenon happens with math. Someone gets smacked in the head. Now they can like see numbers and they can do these incredible equations. And all these stories really bother me because it's just like, so what? You know, like wow, you're a robot or something. I don't know what the fuck you are, but who cares? Like it's more interesting to me the person who spent years and years studying piano and got good at it. In, in stories of enlightenment, Eckhart Tolle seemingly being one of them, you get a similar version of the concussion leads to the sure. suddenly being able to play piano. In, in Zen, you hear these stories, oh, they were walking down the street and a drop of water landed in the puddle. And then <laughs> suddenly they were awakened. Or mm. Tolle, park, depressed dude on a park bench, you know, suddenly he's awakened. And that, which is, by the way, maybe it's, I'm, I'm, jealous i mean it's like holy shit lucky you i'd look i'd love to wake up in the morning and look down and, and i've got fucking abs and i'm ripped i don't know what happened overnight but i just <laughs> got in superlative shape so but as as far as like things i can plug into i prefer the story of the method i prefer that because mm -hmm. that's just where i'm that's where i'm at it presents a pathway uh to um, uh, and some something real to work with, but I, I wonder. Well, does Duncan, even can, can I does can I jump in there for a second on that Please. one because it's such a great uh, you know colorful. So I want to go with the brick and the head. Now we have somebody who can actually play piano brilliantly, and we hit them in the head with the brick, and now they can't play the piano. <laughs> <laughs> but you can. Wouldn't that be awesome? But you can now play like that's how you learn to play piano is you have to hit a pianist in the head with a brick. Oh, and then the person <laughs> holding the brick learns how to play the piano and the other guy forgets yeah, like about it. It's, it's how it jumps into you. It's a great movie. <laughs> and also, you could hit a person uh, with a brick in the head and you can kill them. That's another option. And another one is you hit them with the brick in the head so they can play piano and they end up being a rugby player because of it. So it's right. very unpredictable, let's face it. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, it's yes. pretty it's pretty chancy. So it just depends what somebody's prescribing. You know, what we're all prescribing things. Your your podcast you're always, you're prescribing this, you're prescribing that, try this, try that. And if you want to start your own hit a person in the head with a brick school of uh, mastermind class. No. You know, <laughs> make sure you have good lawyers, that's all. <laughs> It'd be spooky in that version of reality when you meet a talented person 
you're like, fuck, stay away from me. Yeah. You know, like he's like, everyone would be wearing helmets if they were good at anything. But the look, it's this is a we got off track here. I, what to to me, when something popped into my head when you were talking about the difference between the Mahayana and the um, Vajrayana path, which is what's and and I feel like you're there's an obvious answer to this, but it's like so one thing takes eons, one thing takes a lifetime, but it is time even wrapped up in that the destination anyway is there is it doesn't matter if you get enlightened in a lifetime or in a zillion eons is i guess is it is that just a human thing to want to be able to get enlightened in a lifetime with the mahayana people just say you don't need to be in a hurry with this thing just relax it'll well, happen duncan you know we we often together and apart quote Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, right? Yes. So here's a quote that I think we might have touched on before. Enlightenment is ego's final disappointment. Yeah. So I like that because I don't, I don't know if there's something really to crave in it. it it's almost the extinction of craving. It's the extinction of, of, of feedback and acknowledgement and kind of confirmation. Um, so for most people, they'd experience it as like, you know, uh, and they say, gate, gate, gone, gone. It's like, it's you that's gone. <laughs> there's no party. There's no certificate. There's no nothing. So what is there after it um, would be only a kind of uh, primordial uh, awareness, which is infused with compassion for sentient beings. That's my best guess at what you mean by enlightenment. Primordial awareness, non-dual awareness. There's not a separation of my needs from your needs. And then there's a tremendous, like, sort of f- natural flow of compassion and skillful means. And that comes from my- extinguishing. The, the glaciers are, are obstructing that potentiality. They are. Greed is obstructing it. Jealousy is obstructing it. Anger is obstructing it. How do you make friends with greed? <laughs> wow, that the whole world could learn that lesson, right? As sooner yeah. the better, right? Don't you think that's yeah. one of the primary afflictions that we're suffering from as, as a group, a species? A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and and it's such a, it's such an unsavory. Like with jealousy, it, when someone's jealous, it's annoying. But there's something cute about it, you know, and we, I, I, hanging out with comedians, they're, we're all jealous and we are openly, you know, some some of my favorite comics are open in their expression of, of like if you that's one of the great compliments is they're like, oh, I wish I thought of that fucking joke. Oh, I was right there the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's a way, you, you know, but greed. It's so un. there's no I can't think of like a cool kind of greed. It's always gross. Somebody eating too much, somebody taking more when there's food on the table and they eat all the food. It's always just, ugh. It's, there's something so unappealing. I don't know how, in my own personal greed, anytime I'm like looking at like, good, what else, What do you want? What are you looking for here, man? Yeah. Why are like, you looking you know, at my like, plate? When I eat with certain friends, it's like they look at the food in my plate and I know they want it. Yeah, and they had a chance yeah. to order. They had plenty of time to order. Oh, my God. Or just sometimes Forrest and I will be eating the exact same. Now, I guess this is where it is. 
this is a kind of greed that doesn't bother me at all because it's my son and it's adorable. Uh, but we'll be sitting and eating and like grits, eating grits. I'm eating grits, he's eating grits. And he'll look at my plate and go, I want daddy's grits. Mm. It's like, but you have grits on well, your plate, like the same amount. But it's like, I want yours. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's that. Wow. Like, yeah, I, I can love that. But my own personal greed other people's greed. Uh, how do we make friends with it, Dave? Well, the greed, you know, is associated, you know, uh, you know, you've read my book, Awakening from the Daydream, which is about yeah, six, the six realms, the six realms, not just the human realm, but the hungry ghost realm is the one you're talking about. And hungry ghosts are particularly, uh, they're addictive personalities in modern terms. And it's very challenging to deal with it because they're, um, their dissatisfaction leads them to your plate. They will steal your credit right. card. They will right. spend your money. Um, yes. You know, right now it's cute uh, on Forrest, but if he's 20 and he's stealing your credit card to go score opioids, it's not going to be cute. Right. Right. So we got to like, you know, extract the love and the generosity from that and somehow at the right time go, you have what you need, Forrest, and you need to right. you know, help him learn that. He does have what he needs. He doesn't need to crave what other people have. And I'm sure right. you'll, you'll teach him that and your family will be healthy enough and he won't have to go through that. So the hungry ghosts, is, um, they're, they're visualized with tiny little mouths and tiny little necks and huge bellies. So they never can get satisfied. And we all know what that feels like. Everybody I know knows what that feels like. But, you know, when you're sitting with somebody who has a marked amount of that, they're kind of leaning into your space. That's their way yes. of uh, that's their way of making love to you. Actually, that's the only way they know how. Yeah, yeah. They and don't feel like they have enough. And that's the only way of making love to themselves, and it's never enough. So it's a particularly uh, a particularly um, challenging uh, state of mind to work with. And generosity is, there, is the only cure. Okay, is there such a thing as greedy generosity? Well, there's idiot compassion. You know about that, right? Where you're sort of yeah. satisfying yourself by appearing to be compassionate to others, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's another great Trungpa Rinpoche phrase. Idiot compassion. I love that one. The image he gives that I read on, I always think about it, is it's like someone's dumping honey on top of you. It's like someone's pouring. You're stuck in all this out, sticky, sweet outflow, but it's too much. And it's like, it's all, you know, when it's happening, like when someone's being legitimately generous, it's a totally different feeling than when mm -hmm. someone's like trying to like do some kind of potlatch in front of you by giving you shit, you know, to like, and it's a sad state to see someone mm -hmm. in. It's a sad state. So making, I'm interested, I think this idea of making friends with the clashes is something I, I, I want to just keep talking about it a little bit more because the, the so you, you get like the gas leak of suffering. It explodes into these fires, aversion, desire, and confusion. Again, I just don't understand how to make, like for me, I think my, if I had to like look at, at the way the thing catches fire, the worst of them for me is the confusion part it's the the, the mo the in the i can work with desire i can work with aversion 
But when I get all numb or confused or just tired, you know what I mean? Or just fuzzy. I don't know how to work with that. I don't, I don't know how to make friends with it because mm. the state is so, remember when we first started working together, I would meditate. I couldn't meditate for, I couldn't meditate. <laughs> I could barely meditate. And anytime I started meditating, that was the first thing that I felt sleepy. It was mm-hmm. the very first thing I would feel all of a sudden, and I had insomnia at the time. So all of a sudden I would feel mysteriously, oh God, just exhausted. Like now I can really sleep. Whereas at night, I'm like laying wide awake. You know what I mean? It was, and, and I thought, I must be tired. It's tired. It's fatigue or something. But now I've come to see, oh, fuck. That's one of the things. And it sucks. I don't know how to make friends with it. When it creeps in and suddenly I'm fuzzing out or I'm just like feeling kind of entropic. You know, it's depression, I think. It's a form of, you know, I think people call it depression when it gets out of control, but it's something worse than that even. How the fuck do we make friends with that, David? (laughs) Well, of course, there's a person who's experiencing that who you could make friends with. Ah, that's cool. Right. Yeah. You know, and um, it does come and go, in my experience. Yes. It it is often, I'm not going to say every single time, uh, but often people like us who are, you know, real thinkers, sit down and just pay attention to the breath and we just go right it's like I call it the road runner principle we're kind of zooming around zooming zooming and then it just all stops because you sat down and it's just like you crash so a lot yes. of a lot of kind of thinkery thinkery type people not out during meditation not not exclusively it also could be you're not getting enough rest um and that that's you know you should get enough rest um yeah if, if, so I thought, well, gee, if you if you fall asleep every time you meditate, why don't you just meditate right before you go to sleep? <laughs> it would work. <laughs> yeah. Either way, either way, you'll come out a winner. Either you won't fall asleep and you'll be meditating, or you'll fall asleep, and that's good because you're trying to fall asleep. That's it what stopped. that's what making friends is like. Working with the energy of it, as opposed to uh, ah, it. I see. Yeah. Okay, like kind of like like looking at with a system you're dealing with and then hacking it to some degree like under like first just understand what how is the energy system functioning and then let's do let's tweak it when i started meditating more it, it that phenomena when it went away but it was the first thing it was and it was worse than boredom it was worse than not wanting to sit still it was because it's like a heavy-headed feeling sure. it went away i think that's how i experience confusion i mean I think that's what, to me, when we hear the term confusion or ignorance, it, I, I, I think people think more of like, I can't solve this equation. You know what I mean? I, I don't understand why this is happening versus what, for me, at least the way it appears is more of just like a, uh, you know, like a zombie-like state or something. Mm. Is that, or maybe I'm misinterpreting it. No, there's, well, I mean, again, you know, classical uh dharma uh there's uh, laxity and elation are the two words in english that are used so they basically correspond to manic depression in contemporary language and those are the kind of two extremes wow. that most of us will experience in the meditation process either it's too, and it's 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 too loose or too tight would be another way of looking at it not too, too wow. loose or too tight. so that's laxity you're describing just the energy sinks yes uh you know and and it's bottom usually 
people like that, they're going to hit the other extreme too at a certain point. Sure. So elation doesn't mean you're happy. It means you're like, you know, kind of a little bit wired up, you know? Yeah. So Laxity the, and elation. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's a good one, right? That's real good. <laughs> and we're going to experience it. There's no... So I feel, Duncan, as you know, that like t helping people to understand that there's a process involved with meditation, it's not a magic pill, is, can be really, I found it experientially, it's very helpful to people. Like they're not just, it's not a one-shot deal. It's like, you know, right. it's not like, oh, I got to do it all in one shot and just get the whole thing under my belt. So laxity and elation are very uh, uh, common experiences for meditators. I mean, I do think for a lot of people when they first begin meditating, they're looking for elation. Like that's the that's right. That that's the goal is elation, and and if that isn't happening, there is a sense of failure, like uh, something went wrong here. But to get back to the concept of enlightenment, mm. and to get back to the argument of gradual and sudden enlightenment. I have to say, this idea of sudden enlightenment is very appealing, even though, yeah, what'd you do, sit on a park bench or whatever? And visually, I can kind of, I, I can kind of imagine, I mean, if, if it is a flame, if that's the, and that is the, one of the ways that, that suffering gets described, not just in Buddhism, in Christianity, where do you go when you die if you've been a complete fuck up? A lake of fire. You know, it, it, it's like fl the fire gets used a lot to describe suffering, but... That's where Johnny Cash goes. Yeah, exactly. With that ring of fire, baby. <laughs> but, the, but the idea, and, and I think there's something in my heart that mm. soars at the idea that at some point you can turn off the fucking burner. You know, mm -hmm. that at some point that that does, that, that just, it's done. You're done. So can you talk about that a little bit? Is that just a dream or something? I mean, the gradual enlightenment idea, it appeals to me because there isn't a sudden extinguishment that's happened as of yet. It, la it, it lasts it, any amount of time, but, um, can, can, but can you just, Talk a little bit about sudden enlightenment or the sudden extinguishment uh, of this and uh, your thoughts on the matter. Has it happened to you? And have you met people who it's happened to? So again, there's different perspectives on this. So it's, it's helpful to know the range and then you tune into where you plug in the best, what's useful for you. So that's what I encourage everybody to do. And I, I, I want to emphasize that anybody we're talking about uh, there's no disrespect intended. It's just what's going to work for people to actually engage some kind of process where they can um, uh, move towards slowly or rapidly a, 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 a positive state of being and existence. Yes. You know, in yes. their own terms. It doesn't have to be even on somebody else's terms. It can be on their own terms. So um, the, <clears throat> the extinguishing uh, part is broken up into a glimpse, which I think basically people, it's pretty easy to induce a glimpse if somebody's had enough yes. living experience. You go, wow, that was a gap. That was an yes. in-between experience. Then there's uh, the notion of, um, you could say, 
recognizing what that is, which is, uh, that's why the, the, the word recognition actually is part of the original meaning of mindfulness. You're recognizing something. And then in this sort of uh, more, you know, progressed types of training, you recognize it frequently, but without a lot of drama attached. And you recognize it not just when you're on the cushion, but you recognize it like now, like in everyday yes. life. You recognize it in a glint of sunlight. You recognize it when your mind shifts perspective. Uh, you recognize it when, uh, when the light changes in the room. You allow yourself to recognize an underlying state of awareness that's very, very open. Then there's the notion of um, disowning that recognition, not clinging to it in any way. So letting it go, you recognize and release. Yeah. That would be the, te the technique and frequently. And then there's a the notion of stabilizing that recognition. And then there's the <laughs> notion of um, stabilizing that during the day. And then there's a the notion of stabilizing it during the night. Wow! Uh, and then there's a the notion of complete stability in what we call Rigpa or, you know, kind of underlying primordial awareness. And when somebody has had that happen, in now different schools will talk about this differently but in the um you know kagyu and nyingma schools of tibetan buddhism they would say yeah sure there's people who've had that have gone all the way through that experience and i would personally say without any doubt in my mind i've definitely met people like that human beings in human bodies but they're they have that level of realization and i'm not saying there's a lot of people like that there's a lot of high level bodhisattvas and unbelievably compassionate and developed and disciplined people but i feel like i've clearly uh, been in contact with at least from the point of view of generating a, a strong confidence in the possibility for anybody which is why i like to work with people because i basically see them as intrinsically having that capacity and so therefore it's a joyful thing to 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 uh cultivate that with people um for for both parties so when it first started happening to you, and I'm not trying to get you to admit some state of permanent enlightenment or something, but I, 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 know I will clearly... I'll deny it. I, I have a pretty accurate idea you where, you know, where, where I think I am on that particular grid. Where are you on the grid? I think clearly you could say the, the transmission of that recognition has, has been effectively uh, uh, given. And that's by, yeah. my, by my teacher and other teachers, but primar <clears throat> primarily by Trungpa Rinpoche. So when we talk about the recognizing what it is to recognize, you know, I feel I have some confidence in that particular aspect. Um, I, I feel have like confidence I, in that aspect for you. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I don't think it's a For big, you. Okay, well, you know, it's something that gets passed along. That's the way the tradition works. It's called transmission. It gets passed along. That's <laughs> what, that's straight through from from buddha that's the kind of essence or heart of the, of the matter but then uh, the uh, then i would say i definitely personally would experience clashes i can get angry upset needy any of those things um my view of them is that they're insubstantial though so even though yeah. i'm hung up in one it's like I, i'm not really really going this is is this your final answer no it actually isn't so it's something to work with i think also I um, feel somewhat gentle towards myself and towards others in terms of like, okay, this happens. It's not the beginning or the end of the world. And uh, I try to be kind to myself when I can, remember. 
uh, and then I think I'm very much dedicated to well-being of others. I've taken a bodhisattva vow. It's very serious to me. Um, I try to work with others and keep their interests in my heart and mind. Um, and then in the perspective of stabilizing, no, 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 no. I'm flickering in and out of it. Ah, damn it! That's my next question! <laughs> That's so funny, David. My very next question was how to stabilize how to stabilize because i do feel from working with you i have caught a glimpse and wow anytime it happens i'm just all i want to do is like that's there is no not grasping there's no disowning there's ah holy shit i thought i felt i thought the reason i felt like that was because i was a christmas with my family when i was a kid or those that wait that's the feeling i used to have in the best day i ever had at summer camp or oh my god that's the thing i associate with this event or that event it's not but i'm just sitting here in a like on a you know on a mat in my closet meditating you know and suddenly what the fuck what is that well if i felt like that all the time if i felt like that if that was where i lived or that's how i was then like there would be nothing else to want. And then, but right then, before you know it, I'm like, I'm, what's the word you use? The elated. Now yes, I'm that, elated. Yep, and now right. I'm like, wow, that's when I'm on the phone with you. David, what's this? And that's when you're like thinking. It's yeah, thinking. Yeah. And so you know what I mean? But how does, you may not have been able to stabilize it. What is the instruction regarding stabilizing this thing and 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 um and i know do you have a little we only have six minutes so maybe i should have saved this question for the beginning of the next podcast but how do how i think many people listening have caught a glimpse of this thing yeah yeah. if you if you've caught a glimpse of the thing i can't imagine you not grasping at it uh and and then how to stabilize without grasping well okay so you know, a lot of times poetry is, is, is the way to express these things or metaphor. Mm. So immediately you thought you talking about that. I thought of fly fishing. Don't eat the fish. Catch and release. <laughs> so this wow. is recognizing and then letting it go. And Trung Rinpoche was even more, uh, mm. you know, kind of, you could say, powerfully uh, emphasizing disowning it. He, he used that word, and he spoke English very well. That was not a translation. Disown it. So catch and disown fly fish. And that, that keeps you, you know, uh, and do it, cool. f- do it frequently, but without any kind of obsessive quality to it, a light touch. And then don't worry about stabilizing it at this point. That would be the wrong end of the, you know, that's like trying to put the hook in your own mouth. <laughs> 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 that's awesome wow oh i'm so lucky i'm so lucky i get to have these conversations with you uh wow thank you yeah, thank you so that, much that's how i feel too duncan that's thank how you. i feel too we've got you have a can you talk a little bit about the course you have coming up and ah wonderful well here's the here's the amazing and miraculous news is uh, we have my my platform is called Dharma Moon, D H A R M A Moon dot com. 
you go there, you can learn about what, what we're offering. But we're trying to help with, the, I guess, the gradual training, which at this point includes training teachers of mindfulness meditation and hopefully doing a good job of that so that it's not just a kind of uh, uh, a groping kind of approach towards communicating about it, but something yeah. fairly well-trained and specific. So we have a 100-hour mindfulness meditation teacher training, and there are free info sessions coming up for it. The first one is Wednesday, August 25th. Um, if you go to um, dharmamoon.com, the link is there. And then if you go to dharmamoon.com uh, slash info dash session, you can go right to it. It's free. You can just come and find out about it. But so many of our friends, the Dunkites, we call them, have gone okay. through this training. It, we have one going yeah. on right now. There are so many Dunkites in it. And I told people we were going to be talking about enlightenment, and I got like five emails well, tell Duncan enlightenment might be this, it might be that. So uh, there's, cool. a ni- there's a nice community of Dunkites that are part of the, um, part of the tradition of being trained as mindfulness teachers. Love and they, they're really good people, Duncan. They're really good people. I mean, you really, I know you, it. you really got some nice friends out there and they're very sincere and they're kind of, um, you know, they have good discipline in general and they're not, you know, just going, low, just spoon feed me this. And and they're really curious. So Good to that, hear. You know, uh, I, I appreciate any, uh, any, all all Duncan Trussell friends are welcome. Um, just go to dharmamoon.com and come and come to find out what it's about. Got to do it, y'all. This is a, clearly after you hear this conversation. I get to have these. I get just call. I get to call David and have these conversations. Not to brag, but you should definitely take this course. And David, thank you so much for your time. Um, it's just a real honor to get to work with you in this way. Thank you. Thank you, Duncan. Say hi to everybody out there in Duncan land. I will. Take care of yourselves, everybody. That was David Nickter and everybody. You can find all you need to find out about David's upcoming classes at dharmamoon.com. Big thank you to our sponsors, ExpressVPN, BetterHelp, and ZipRecruiter. Remember, use those offer codes. And thank you all so much for listening. I love you. I'll see you next week. Hare Krishna.